Don't you like our commercials? It's pretty awesome. Good job, Sarah, right? Trevor's wife, or Trevor did it as well. Um, can you believe that we got Bear Grylls to do our commercial too? We're that, no, he, we didn't do it. But can you believe Bear Grylls as a Christian did Alpha? Isn't that amazing? Um, um, Nikki Gumbel is from England, and he, he's the one that created Alpha. It's starting this Wednesday. Wednesday. I encourage you, seriously. Um, Alpha is incredible. I mean, it, it, a million something plus people, I, I don't know the numbers, have gone through Alpha. I mean, they're growing and, and being equipped. This is a, the reason why we do this, because we really believe in this. Um, I actually personally um, saw Nikki Gumbel speak, and that guy is incredible. Um, I went to the Hillsong Conference and Nick, Nikki Gumbel was there. Everyone was like, you know, passionate and loud, you know, and funny. Nikki Gumbel was just English. He's like, hello, I'm Nikki Gumbel. He was the best guy there, in my opinion. Kind of could argue with me, but I'm like, Nikki Gumbel rocked the house. He is so good. Sign up for Alpha at the women's table, right? It's not just for women. Bear Grylls proved that. So don't be afraid. Sign up for Alpha at the... Um, the women's table is starting this Wednesday. Go to Alpha. All right. So um, Carl's in the Philippines. Yeah. Awesome. And here, I don't know why I'm not in. I, I thought I was the Hope Chapel re- representative from the Philippines. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't go. I thought I'm the consulate here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I guess he gets to go and eat balut and pancit and all that. Okay. Um, but I'm here to give the word this morning. And um, before that, I want to pray uh, because I really believe God has a word for you guys, not for me, but from God. So let's pray. Lord, I, uh, uh, Jesus, I pray that you would bring your word, not mine. Lord, that it would be all about you, that it would be your heart, Father God. Um, I lay down my flesh and anything, Father God, I pray that your spirit come through. I know some of these scriptures are just very powerful and very, um, they're, they're your word, Lord. And Lord, speak to your people, speak to your um, your army, God. We just praise you in Jesus' precious name. We all say, amen. amen. Well, we had two encouraging sermons in the last couple of weeks, right? How many of you guys remember my sermon? Um, God chooses the nobodies, right? How many of you guys were like, yeah, God does choose a nobody. I'm a nobody. It was funny because like people were going, I'm a nobody. They're like proud of it. Like, I'm, I, I don't do nothing, and God's going to choose me. Yeah, That's an encouraging word, right? The truth of the gospel is he uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Um, Carl's message last week, and amazing praise reports we did last week, but also the title of the message was, God has more for you, right? You guys believe that? Yeah. That God has his storehouse, his incredible resources available to us, and he wants to give it to us. I mean, those are encouraging things. God chooses the nobodies, and God has more. But here's the thing, and I, I have to ask you guys, and it's, this is kind of a, it's a, it's a hard, seriously, this is, this is why I pray. This is a hard text to go through, because Paul actually brings it, and he says, you know what? Are you guys ready for all that God has for you? Don't answer now. Ask kind of in your own brain. Are you, can you, <laughs> I just, I have a few good men in my head. Can you handle the truth? Right? Can you handle what God has for you? Are you ready? And I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not saying you have to be holy. I'm, I'm saying you, you, you're willing as a, as, a, as a broken vessel to go, God, transform me. God, use me. Right? It's an attitude thing. It's a, it's a heart of worship, right? That's why we tithe. That's why we worship God. It's not about being perfect. It's about coming before God and being, okay, God, uh, I don't know what I have to offer, but here I am. Are you guys ready to do that? 
and maybe you, maybe you guys aren't. To, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, come on, are you guys ready? Maybe some of you guys, are, you have to kind of look at yourself and go, ooh, am I, am I ready to do that? Um, and here's the thing. The fact of the matter is God wants to use the nobodies, that God has more for you, and, he, and Jesus Christ gave up his life for you. And he rose three days later from the grave from, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's basically playing tennis with you, and he's all, boop, balls in your court. What are you going to do with it? Right? Are you going <laughs> to, what's, boop. It's awesome. This is like call and response. We don't do amens here. We go, boop, boop. This is crazy. <laughs> This is weird. But the ball is in our court. Uh, don't you guys think? I mean, God has done everything for us. And the, and the title of this is, We Have Everything to Live For. I mean, God is going, he's, I'm pouring my blessings on you. I gave you my only son. I'm doing all this. You have everything to live for. And let me ask you this. Are we responding the way we should to that fact? Are we responding in a proper way to go, God gave me everything? Or are we like, oh, yeah, God gave me everything. You know the difference? Yeah? And so let's go to um, 1 Corinthians. That's where we're at. And we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And um, here it is. He's bringing it. And I'm going to warn you, this is some pretty heavy stuff. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would uh, to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belong to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to uh, feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And look at this. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Here, Paul is really saying, if you want to put it down in like simple terms, you're not ready, you can't handle the truth, right? He just, he, uh, in, the, in the chapters before, he built up this whole thing, right? It's like God wants to use you. God used ordinary people. God has so much for you, but you know what? I couldn't give it to you, right? How many of you guys have children or had, had children? I have babies on the way. I'm getting prepared. That was one of my things I said. I am so not prepared. I bought a stroller the other day. I'm like going, this barely fits in our living room. I'm like, we are not ready for this. <laughs> ah! Right? But if you, for those of you who've had kids before, right, you know when, you know, newborn, you're not going to fry up a New York steak. Here you go. There's no teeth. Right? They can't handle that. They don't know how to use a knife and fork. They can't, you can't do that. You have to give them milk. Okay? So here we go. We have Paul really giving, like, I can't give you the spiritual solid food. I have to give you milk. Now, okay, don't get me wrong. Okay? I'm not... I, and this is Paul's heart as well. He's not saying that, you know what, you should be, uh, and I'm not saying, you should be as mature as me, Pastor Tom. Now go do it. I'm not saying you have to be as mature as Trevor in his worship or, or, or um, as mature as Kanani in, in the prayer ministry where she operates in her spiritual gifting. I'm not saying that you have to be up to our level. I know that God has every single one of us in, in a process. Amen. We're, we're in, some of you guys are newborn Christians. You just accepted the Lord. Awesome. And that's where God wants you to be, Amen. right there. You're just learning. And you're, you're going to go to Alpha, right? Yeah. Some of you guys are, really? Yeah, you are. Okay. 
You're going to go to the retreat. I mean, these, these things are made for you so you can get equipped, so that you learn, so that you grow, so you mature. So there's newborn Christians who just accepted the Lord. Some of you guys maybe accepted the Lord last week, and you're just like, I don't know what to do. Well, you're exactly where God, you're just growing, okay? Some of us have been Christians for a while, and we're, we're right here. We're growing, and we've gone through a lot. We've seen God do a lot of things, and we're here. We're growing. We're maturing. We're right where we go. God is in a process. Pastor Elwin said that. Don't circumvent the process, right? You guys remember that? Don't rush God. Some of you guys want to be, I want to be over there. Well, God didn't, you're not ready for that. Are you hearing me? Okay. What I'm not saying is, is that you're supposed to be over there already. Okay. What I'm saying is, are you in the place where God wants you to be? Are you exactly where God has created you to be right there? You're in the place where you're growing, right? And you're like, okay, that's exactly where you want to be. The problem is, if you're supposed to be here, right, your, your maturity in the Lord but you actually refuse to be there because you want to just stay here. Are you with me? And a lot of the problems, when we don't, um, you know, God has so much for us. He wants to pour all his blessings on us. He has so much, all these resources. The problem is, is us. Do you guys agree? We get in the way. And what, and what he's saying here is sin. Sin gets in the way. We want to hold on to stuff. It's like God knows that we can be there. We're like, no, I, I like this, and I just want to meddle around over here, and I just want to do this stuff, right? Um, I saw this show on TV. It's called Taboo, and there was this one guy. It was just the weirdest thing I've ever saw in my life, like on TV. This is so weird. This guy has a job. He's a grown adult, right? The thing he likes to do is he comes home. He puts on a diaper. Anybody saw this? freaks me out. <laughs> this guy puts on a diaper. He has a mat, like a huge crib. He sits in the crib, and he, have so he has someone feeding him milk. <laughs> you guys are like shocked. Yeah, I was like, I was pretty shocked. Isn't that ridiculous? That's a ridiculous thing, but I want to tell you, some of, some of us are like that. God sees us, looks at us, and goes, you should be here. What I've brought you, if you've tasted and seen the good, the good Lord is good and, and, and experienced all these things and gone through trials and growth, you should be right here, right? And God's going, yep, that's exactly where you'd be. But some of us, because of sin, because of pride, strongholds, we, we're standing here and going, eh, nah, that's okay. Am I stepping on any toes? I hope so. <laughs> Because I, I think we need to grow. Does God call us to grow? God wants us to grow. And, God, and I want to say one thing. God loves us enough to grow. God loves us so much. He's like, going, I, I want to pour. And here's Paul bringing some pretty heavy stuff saying, you aren't ready for it. And one of the questions I have for you, are, are you ready for it? And then he says this. He says in, in verse 4, he says, When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, another says, I am a follower of Apollos, Aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your heart, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters works together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Okay, so if you guys remember, I actually read this scripture a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to go over What happened in the Corinthian church was there was division. They're picking sides. They're going, right? They're going, I follow Apollos. And he goes, no, I follow Peter and I follow Paul. And they were going, no, I'm better. You're better. And they're like, no. And, and they were arguing and they were 
divisive and no one was getting saved and, and the gospel wasn't going out. Are you guys with me? This is what happened in the Corinthian church. And so what Paul is doing here is he's pinpointing what's wrong with you guys. Why are you guys acting like infants? Why do I have to just uh, give you spiritual milk? It's because of these things. He's pinpointing jealousy, quarreling. He's pinpointing. And my question to you, I read this and go, ooh, what are the things in my life that is stunting my growth? Right? What are the things that I go, that I can pinpoint, right? And go, ooh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. You know, once someone told me that coffee sends your growth. Does anybody know that if that's true? <laughs> when I was young, I was all, coffee sends your growth. So I stayed away from coffee. Okay? I mean, come on, look at me. I, I, I avoided coffee like, a, like the plague. I'm going, dude, I don't have a good chance here. I'm looking at my parents. I'm all, no. I'm the shortest one in my family, ain't I? I'm like five... I, I think I'm 5'2", but I'm actually 5'1 and a half. Barely made that. But you know what? I'm at the age right now, like, you know what's too late for me? I drink coffee like it's water now. I'm like, I don't even care, right? I'm like, yeah, let's do this. But what, you know, when I was young, I was trying to pinpoint what is stunting my growth, okay? And I know <laughs> it didn't work. Um, but, and here's, here's the thing, like, you got to ask yourself. You got to be honest, right? In the word it says, test me and know my heart. Test me and know my heart, oh God. Search me. And, and I mean, have you ever asked this, Lord, what's offensive to you? That, that's a bold statement to ask the Lord. What is offensive to you, God? What, what offends you? Because I, 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 am I not growing because of that? And some of you guys might not know what it is. And you, not, you might have to ask. Let me, let me tell you. If you don't know what it is, go get prayer. Go to the prayer and healing service on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock. There's my plug. All right. Cool. Which is, they're doing amazing things. Amen. 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 They are. They're doing amazing things. Get help for that. If you think, oh, I'm not growing. I should be growing. I, I don't know what it is. I, know, I don't know what's holding me back. Some of you guys don't know what it is. Well, then get help. Are you hearing me? Okay. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, where am I? Oh, I was going to share this. Um, actually, I, I know somebody in our church. Um, they got kicked in the gut. Um, I mean, don't raise your hand, but how many guys got kicked in the gut by the world? You just got kicked. Right? They're maturing in the Lord, right? They're exactly in the place where they should be. They're like, yeah, awesome. I'm maturing in the Lord, and here's, here's where God wants me, and I'm moving forward. And they got kicked in the gut by the world, the, uh, and the devil stole their joy, and they went down here like, ugh. And, and what happened was, right, some of us, that's a natural thing because the world does, right? We're, we're in, a, in a real world. Real things happen. The devil is out there to get us. Yes. If you guys knew that, he, he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So he wants to get us. So he wants to take us down. The only problem with my friend here is that he was there, got kicked in the gut, took, took a little stuff back. But you know what? He liked staying here. And what happened is he got depressed. He got into drinking. He just... You know, he just stayed there, and he wallowed in it, and he didn't turn to God, right? And he, he just went over there, okay? And maybe some of you guys are there right now. But here's the most amazing thing about my friend. God kicked him in the gut <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you guys experienced God just zapping you and just waking you up. He got zapped by the Lord. And here's the most amazing thing. He got zapped by the Lord, and I mean... You know, he was, he was wallowing over here for a while. But when he got zapped by the Lord, 
um, he actually surpassed where he was before. And he went past it and he grew even further and he was over here. He's just in, in, in a quicker time. And he, he went, he got zapped by the Lord, kicked in the gut by the Lord. So boom, get back up, you know? And he's here and he's just like, oh, I have never seen him this excited about the Lord in my life. Now, are, you, are you hearing me? Yeah. This, this, when we have to wake up and, and we're, we're going, oh, yeah, I used to be there. When I went to that camp, oh man, I went to that camp and, oh, and a lot of us, we're waiting for the next camp. God is in front of you. Pray to him. <laughs> you don't have to wait for the next I hear that from high school all the time. Can't wait for the next camp to get excited about the Lord. You got six months to wait for to get excited about the Lord. Get excited about him now. What, what are you waiting for? He's right in front of you. Do it. High schoolers, come on. Go to camp. Now, go to, make your own camp. Go camp on the beach or something. And talk to the Lord. Uh, it's in Ephesians 4, uh, uh, verse 14, it says this. Um, and this is Paul again, because he, he says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the love, uh, truth in love. Now, now get this. Growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of the body, the church. I like that because it's kind of like, you're just open to grow. It's like, I'm, I'm just more and more. It's like, I'm just growing in, in weird spots. It's like, I'm growing. You know, it's like, whoa, it's like more and more. You're just, you're just becoming like Christ and you're just, you're just open for everything, right? Now, hear me, right? It's not about being perfect and it's, it's about being open to God and then let him cleanse you, right? Yeah. A lot of us come in here, we got problems, you know, we swear, we smoke, we drink, we, uh, we're anger and whatever that, and we don't know how to deal. We come in here, but we worship God, and we're open to him going, God, uh, I'm, I'm a weak vessel. So that's, that's what I want. I, I, I want a weak vessel so that I can complete you. I can fill you. I can, I can restore you. Are you guys hearing me? And this is, a, this is our God, and this attitude of growing more and more in Christ. Uh, let's go to verse 9 in 1 Corinthians, verse 3. Uh, chapter 3, and it says this, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day... Fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Is that a heavy verse or what? It's like, oh, oh my gosh, God, God wants us to do stuff. Yeah, in the word it says that we're living stones. That if you are a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are living stones in the temple of God. 
I, I love that because it's like we're just part of, we're making this the temple of God, you know? And we're part of this process. And here, Paul is not bragging about himself. He's not being prideful. He's not saying, well, you read this and go, I'm an expert builder. He was an expert builder. I mean, Paul, the apostle, the missionary, right? The guy who was a Pharisee. He was actually one of the top Pharisees. He knew the Bible in and out. He was very um, passionate about his job, which was at the time killing Christians. And then he got redeemed by Jesus Christ and restored and became one of the best missionaries the world has ever known, right? Paul was an expert builder. Why? Because he realized he knew what his job was. And he understand, uh, understood this. In Isaiah 28, 16, it says this. He says, uh, Isaiah is, is, is saying, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone, it is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. What stone is he talking about? What stone is he talking about? Jesus Christ. This is Isaiah. This is the Old Testament. This is a prophecy about our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, I'm placing a foundation, this, this stone, this cornerstone. Paul knew that Jesus Christ was this foundation. Paul knew that. It's a strong foundation. It's this rock that's immovable and just solid. And what Paul knew was he had to build upon that. Because Jesus, right, we're God's building, so I'm going to build upon that. And so he was an expert builder. He used all the best tools. He used all the best materials. And, he was building. and what the materials he used and the tools he used was his knowledge of the word of God, his passion for Jesus Christ. And he, he went all around the Mediterranean and started saving people, right? You guys know that? We read Acts, right? starting all these churches, he was an expert builder. Now here's the thing, right? He knew he was coming to the end of his life. He knew that one day that he would have to stop building and go home, right? And he needed to pass that on to the next builder. And he's saying, you know what? You better build good. You, you better have the good, good materials. You, you, you know why? Because I want this to go on. I, I want to make sure that the ceiling that I built is your floor and that you keep going up. Is that an amazing thing? That, that what Paul built upon and, and, the, and the generations before us did such a great job that we're sitting right here worshiping our God. I mean, think about that. That they did such an expert job. Wouldn't you want to keep on building in the same way? Yeah. Using the good materials. I mean, I, on Friday night, I just saw an amazing thing. Um, I was just so proud. Um, um, three of my former mini church people, now they're Frank's mini church, or Frank's kids, um, uh, three of my miniature, I walked past the children's church and three of them were in the same room teaching the third graders or third or fourth graders. And I just saw them on my going, oh yeah. <laughs> that was my kids. It was, it was cool because this is why I do what I do. I, I want to be an expert builder. You know, I mean, hope maybe, you know, maybe I'm not good, but hopefully I am. Hopefully I'm using the right tools. I'm trying, I'm trying my best. Because I'm trying to stick to the word of God, trying to know God's heart. So I'm trying to build. And the awesome thing is now I'm building the ceiling for them. And the kids that I, I mentored and discipled that were in my mini church, now they're, they're standing on, on, on my ceiling as their floor. And now they're teaching the next generation. That's what we got to be. We got to be building this, this temple. And we got to be conscious that we're using the right tools. What are some bad tools? Well, bad theology. Right? Um, we shouldn't be... Like, oh, let's just let's take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, well, you know, like, don't make up your own God. You know what a potato head God is? 
Anybody played with potato head before? Come on, I love potato head. Why? Because you can put the lips where the eyes are. Like, yeah, that looks like a freaky potato. Awesome. Right? But you know what? We are not about making potato head God. Because God is God, and he is the way he is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We cannot change that. The problem is, in our limited brain, we try to think, we try to make up our own God. It's like, mm, my God does this. My God does that. That's a dangerous statement, right? My God. How about God? <laughs> we we got to know who God, God is and how we're going to know that. Right here, the Word of God. Well, this is a piece of paper. The Word of God in your <laughs> hand, right? Knowing him, Holy Spirit, right? We can't just make up a potato like God. You know what that is? That's an idol. That, that's an idol. That's something that's not true. You have to know the truth. You have to stand on that ground. You can't make up your own. That's bad theology. Um, another thing with weak materials is, is, um, is, is attaching the followers of Jesus Christ to you rather than Jesus. You know what? I mean, a lot of people go to church. A lot of people are because, oh, I like the way he speaks, or I'm in his mini church because, oh, he's a great guy. You know what? As leaders, as people who are mentoring people, I hope you're attaching them to Christ, not yourself. Amen. Here's the awesome thing is those three guys in, that are teaching the children's church, when I left the high school, they're like, ah, forget this church because Tom's gone. Because he was, oh, I loved him. I love the fact that I can leave, and it's pretty sad that they don't even miss me because <laughs> they love Frank so much. And Frank is doing an awesome job. And Brad and all the team. Seriously, it's awesome that I can pass it off to them and go, you know what? It, they're in good hands. See, that's, I mean, that's just, this is what Paul is doing here. He's saying, are, is, is the next generation in good hands? And I want to tell you guys, make sure that your theology is right. Make sure that you get, you get it right. You're using the right materials. And how are you going to do that? Do that? Just keep going to Alpha. <laughs> Be in a mini church. Go to church. Read your word. Know where God is. Get a firm, solid foundation, all, all, all built on Jesus Christ. Okay? Are you hearing me? Okay. So um, here we go. I'm going to go back to verse 18. Oh, and I want to say one thing, too, before I say that. Because this, this is, I, I, I can't go without saying this. Your work will be judged. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. It says it right here in the Word. Oh, man. I mean, that's... When I read that, it's like, okay, Lord, that humbles me. That brings me to my knees and go, Lord, I want to become an expert builder because I don't want to go to heaven and then my work gets burned up. It, it, it says, you're, you're, on judgment day, right, our work will be, and it's really easy. Just, don't, just know God's heart. Don't bring in all the, the, all the fluff. Don't make a potato head God. Know who God is, right? And then your work will last. Let's build things that last. Um, in verse 18, it says this, uh, stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you're wise by this, this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows uh, they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. For everyone belongs to you, or everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or uh, the world, or life and death, or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Isn't that a great ending to that chapter? I love that uh, verse right there. And here, um, you know, we, we kind of talk, talked about this before, about, you know, don't think about, be honest, be real with yourself. 
You know, don't, don't count yourself uh, wiser than you think you are. Be real. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, be real, grow up, be mature, right? Put down your pride, put, put down your, the desire for status, you know? Put all that selfish agenda aside and you know what? Build for Christ. That's what, he, that's what he's saying here. And here's the thing. Here's the kicker. And I, I read that and you guys were getting excited about it. Because here's this, for everything belongs to you. Do you guys get that? I, I, you, can, you could actually read this and kind of pass that by. You go, oh, that was great. Okay, don't be wise. Okay, don't brag. Good. But that's a huge statement, I think. And I think it's a statement that we don't get. For everything belongs to you. Um, I went to an incredible place the other day. It was the Fergie's Garage. <laughs> I mean, it, actually, garage is. Um, the Fergie house, uh, Trevor's dad and Tate and Tyler live there. They have a man's garage. I mean, they have a compressor with all the tools. They have like cars they're like rebuilding over there. They have a, a thing, you know, those pulleys that take engines out. I mean, th this is like a man's garage. I mean, this is a man's dream garage. And so um, what happened was I had like a little rust hole on the top of my car. I'm like, oh, Tate, can you, can you help me? Can you help me fix my car? I'm like, oh, shoot, shoot, right on. Just come early in the morning. I'm okay, cool. Drive up. He's got all the tools ready. He's got the compressor going. It's all right. It's got this, it's got some hose hooked up to it. I don't know. Um, he has this like black stuff called, I don't even know what it's called, F14. That waterproof paint. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know it's some number that sounds like an airplane, like the X Factor. I don't know what it is. Um, so I pull in my garage. He pulls all the, the drills with the compressor. He climbs on my car. He's drilling all this thing. He's all, okay, pass me that tool. Boom, boom. He's changing up tools. He's taking all the rest out. Um, he changes up another tool. He's blowing it all out. He puts the Bondo on. He puts that X Factor 14, whatever it is, on. Um, he has the buffer thing, right? He's doing all this work. And then, like, I'm like, ooh, like, dude, I have a little scratch on the side of my car. Uh, can, can you fix that as well? He's all, oh, shoot, shoots. And he gets a buffer out. This big, huge buffer's all, like he's doing all this work, all this incredible stuff that like I couldn't do myself because I was trying to do it myself. So looking on YouTube, I'm all, nope, I don't got that tool. I don't got that tool. I don't have any of that. And so it was an amazing thing. And so after the day was done, I was like, okay, Tate, like, dude, like, like how much, like, how, what do I owe you, dude? Because I'm so grateful, right? And you know what he said? He's all, oh, just, just treat me to Subway. I'm like, after all you've done, I'm going to give you a $5 foot long. Let's go. <laughs> like, what? Is... I'm like, dude, I'll buy you a soup, dude. You're like, but you want extra vegetable veggies with that? I'll get... uh, and you know what? I was so grateful. I could not help, right? I mean, if someone did that and beyond your capability, wouldn't you be grateful? Wouldn't, shouldn't that be your reaction? Shouldn't that be our reaction to God? That we should have this natural, like, I'll buy you Subway, man. Thank God. I mean, think about it. Think, think about this. Think about it. We just talked about tithing, right? We give tithe. Our, our 10% is like, it could be 50 cents. It could be 5,000. I wish it was 5,000. Uh, <laughs> right? We're giving it to him. Do you, it says in the word, can we give enough to pay him back? There is no way we can pay God back. That, that's like, here's their $5 foot long, God. Here it is. But you know what? We, I gave it because it was, it was my reaction coming out of my, my, I had to respond to the Lord. Are you hearing me? 
you, you have to respond. And let me ask you this, right? My first question was, are you ready? And I think one of the beginnings to getting ready for God is to make sure that you're responding to God Amen. in a proper way, right? I think a lot of us can hear the word of God and he can go, right? It says you, we can look in the mirror and turn away and forget what we look like. We hear the word of God and just go, oh, okay, cool, all right. Oh, that was a great church. That was a great service. Wow, awesome worship. That was a great mini church. But are we doing anything about it? Are we responding to God in a proper way? We, we have to. Um, I'm going to jump ahead. We're going to read this again later on, way later on. But in 1 Corinthians 15, I want you guys to turn there. First Corinthians 15, verse 54. And the most amazing thing about back in uh, chapter 3, you know, part of the things that he said that we have, that everything belongs to us, is life and death. That we have life and death belongs to us, which means, well, let me read this verse. This is, this is what it actually means. It says in verse uh, 54, it says, Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. 57, here's the kicker. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, a, that is a huge, humongous statement. Thank God that God has given us victory, you guys, me and you, over sin and death. Wow. We could stop there and just go, awesome, I have victory, great. But you know what? He doesn't stop there. You know what he says in verse 58? He says, so. <laughs> I want you to underline that word, so, because in verse 57, it says, thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know what that so means is? Because God did all that for you, you should respond to it. You should have this response. So, blah, 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 blah. And you know what his blah, 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 blah is? It says, so, where am I? So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I, I, I love this because it's like, oh, the Lord is so good. He has so much for us. Here's our response. And I hope you're not feeling like, oh, I owe that to God. Oh, I, I, I got to do this. Dude. If God's giving us everything, if we have everything to live for, oh my gosh, right on. I, I should be chomping at the bit, right? Um, and he, he's saying, and I love this because he says, be strong and immovable. You know what that strong and immovable is? Is, is be where you're supposed to be in the Lord, right? If you're the brand new Christian, you're right here. Well, then be there and do it well. And then grow and keep on growing. If you're a mature Christian, you've been a Christian for a while, grow up and be mature and be there. Be exactly where God has you and then you'll grow right? Don't be the one, right? Back when I was preaching before, it was don't be the someone that you're supposed to be here and like, oh, I just want to hold on my sin. 
I just want to hold on to my strongholds and eh, uh, yeah. And it's stunting your growth, right? Be exactly, right? Be strong and immovable. Also, know the truth. Know, know that God is God is God and the truth is truth. And don't have a potato head God. Okay? That's being strong and immovable, right? Because he's saying this. Because I've given you victory over death, the enemy is going to come. And he's going to try and steal, uh, kill and destroy you. And, and, and if, you, if you are where you're supposed to be, guess what? You're, gonna be, you're not going to move. You're going to be strong. Uh, the devil's going to try and kick you in the gut, but guess what? You keep on rejoicing the Lord. I mean, it's an amazing thing, right? Um, and then he says, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. I, I like this because I think every single Christian, every single person, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, there should be a enthusiasm. Do you guys agree? Yes. And I, I think... And I'm not talking about personality here because there's personalities. There's different personalities here, right? I'm not talking about you got to be whatever's, okay? Enthusiasm is passion. And actually in the New King James Version, they use the word um, abounding, okay? Abounding. And I looked up abounding because I didn't know what abounding was. <laughs> Just be honest with you guys. I'm abounding. No, I don't know what that is. Okay. And I looked it up. And here's some of the, the uh, similar words of what abounding is. It's abundant, full, rich, filled, flowing, flourishing, lavish, ample, prolific, overflowing, exuberant, teeming. <laughs> we should look like this. Our response to God be enthusiasm. Being, we should look different from the world. The world should look at us going, what is wrong with you? What is, what is wrong with you in a good way? It's like, I'm, I'm missing what you have because I'm depressed and anxious and I don't know what that, I mean, don't you see that? Don't you see when you walk around and you see, walk around in your community, I, I, my heart breaks because I see people that are depressed and anxious and all they need is Jesus Christ to, to lift them up and they're just walking around like zombies. And we're like, I'm just, yeah, you know, I'm not joyful all the time, but I'm like, I want to be enthusiastic about the Lord. And, I, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to hype you guys up. I'm not going to, come on, this is not, not a sports thing. It's like, let's go, come on, team, right? Because your enthusiasm should not come from me pep-talking you. The enthusiasm of the Lord should you worshiping God and should be an outpouring of your own spirit. It should be a natural thing. Are you guys hearing me? It shouldn't be me hyping you guys up, even though I'm trying to. Um, um, and I read something in um, Psalm 13. This is amazing. And you don't have to turn there. Um, but it was, and it might be where some of you guys are at. You're going, oh, I don't have that enthusiasm, Tom. I, I don't have that passion. I'm not sure where do, I, where do I get that. And here's King David. This is an awesome thing. Go, read, go home and read Psalm 13. It's an amazing verse because he's so real. He's so um, honest. Because uh, King David is saying, God, why have you forget, forgotten me? Why have you forsaken me? What's going on? Where are you? Right? He's complaining to God. Anybody been there before? Don't raise your hand. We all have been there, right? God, where are you? And he says an amazing verse. He says, return the sparkle to my eye. And it just caught me. I'm like, he used to have a sparkle. And he's saying, God, return that sparkle that you gave me before. Give it back to me. I want that sparkle. I, I b really believe this, that every single Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled Christian should have a sparkle in their eye. They should have enthusiasm about the Lord, a passion that is outpouring from their, from their heart. 
Um, he says, return the sparkle from my eyes. And so he's complaining, right? He says, God, return the sparkle to my eye. Then he ends up, and this, the end of the verse is, I will sing your praise. Amen. I'll praise the Lord. He ends it. It's awesome because he starts off complaining, then he ends with praising. Yeah. I, I think that's what we should be uh, our lives. And, um, and for some of you guys, I just I want to end in prayer. I just want to make sure, like, like I said, I'm not coming down, do this, or you owe God this. I'm saying, love the Lord your God and see what happens. Amen. Be where you're supposed to be. Work enthusiastic. Respond to him properly. Amen. Respond because our God is so good. I mean, incredible. Our God is so incredible to us. We should respond properly, right? And I'm hoping if, you, if you're feeling like, oh, the sparkle is gone. I don't know where that is. I don't know where the enthusiasm is. Well, I want to pray for you guys. That it would, you would have the heart of David. Because you might be in a place where, God, where the, the devil has kicked you in the gut, just how like David was. It's like, where are you, God? But then, didn't he have the right attitude? Right? Didn't he have the return the sparkle to my eye, God? I will praise you no matter what circumstance I'm in. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, I want to thank you for your word and um, the truth that it speaks, Lord. It's a double-edged sword. It says some pretty tough things that sometimes it's hard to take, but Lord, it's, it's good for us. And so, Lord, I just pray for just this whole room, God. For some of us, we love you, God. And there's a sparkle in our eyes. There's an enthusiasm that we have that was not man-made, that we didn't conjure up, but that was from you, from your spirit that is pouring forth. For some of us, we've had some hard times. And maybe our walk with you is not as exuberant or abounding as it used to be. Father God, I pray that would come back, Lord. I just pray that for here, everyone here that is, is, maybe might be struggling, Lord, they would, they would have a heart that says what David said, return the sparkle to my eyes. Restore enthusiasm and passion for your word, for your, for your plan. And I just pray for every single person here, God, that we would, Lord, that we would be enthusiastic, that, we'd, that it wouldn't stop, Lord, that we would be old and gray and still going for the Lord and still and said, keep it coming. Let that, that there is always room to grow. There's always room to get mature. There's always room to, to see you more and more and more and, re, and reveal you who you really are to us, God, because you are a big God. But Father God, restore us, God. Restore every single one of us. We might even be good with the Lord, but Lord, give us more sparkle. Give us more passion for you. Because Lord, we, we, we have a building to build. We are the temple. We have a, a generation after us that needs to stand on solid ground that we built. We have a job to do. I just want to pray for anyone here that um, does not know the, the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus, if you've never so-called become a Christian or born again, if you've never made that um, prayer to God to say, Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe because of that, I am forgiven of sin. I am given eternal life. I am become, I, I'm a child of God. If you've never said that to Jesus and officially become a Christian, born again, well, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. This is a great time to do it. And all you got to do is say this prayer that I'm going to be praying, but I want you to tell, uh, tell me that you're going to be praying with me simply by doing this. I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to raise your hand. 
So I'm going to do that now. If you want to become a Christian, if you want to tell Jesus you want to follow him, on three, just, just do that. One, two, three. Does anybody want that this morning? We've got two over here. Awesome. Two people sitting beside this side. That's awesome. Greatest decision. Awesome. See tears flowing. That's incredible. Anybody else want to make a commitment to Christ this morning? Oh, I see another hand. Awesome. Cool. Keep it coming. All right, another one? Another one? Okay, cool. We have like four or five people? Awesome. All right, put your hands down and just say this prayer like it's your own. Jesus, I come before you right now. I am so sorry. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. I believe what you did on the cross. You died for me. You gave yourself up. Your blood washes me clean. Three days later, you rose again from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in that power that is restoring my life. But right now, I just come to you, heart open, saying, I, I give you myself, my life. I make you my Lord, my King, my Savior, my friend. I thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Yeah. Hey. If you ask